HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. On behalf of everybody at HeritageRadioNetwork.com, we'd like to send a special thank you to the Hearst Ranch, our biggest supporter and longest-running sponsor since we first started in 2009. Hearst Ranch is the nation's largest single-source supplier of free-range, all-natural, grass-fed, and grass-finished beef. Since 1865, the Hearst family has raised cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of the Central California coast. The result is beef with extraordinary flavor that's as memorable and natural as the surrounding landscape. For more information, visit www.hearstranch.com. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea. Streaming live from the County of Kings, Brooklyn, New York City, on the Heritage Radio Network. Are you ready? The fastest half hour on the internet today. It's the Mike and Judy Show. Spanning the globe for high-minded hijinks and low-brow kicks. To bring you the best in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and nuclear fission. They're too bad for radio and too good-looking for television. And now, here they are. The Nichols and May of the now generation. Your hosts... Mike Edison and Judy McGuire. All right. We're back here on the Mike and Judy Show. This is Mike Edison. We are streaming live from Roberta's and Bushwick on the Heritage Radio Network, except we're missing one crucial element of the show today. Judy McGuire. Judy is out sick with some sort of tropical disease, or so she says. So today I'm joined by my very, very special uh, co-host, guest co-host, Miss Rachel Shukart, also too hot for television. Hello. I feel like when Kathy Griffin co-hosts The View. <laughs> this is awesome, except the Jews have now taken over. We're going to do a holiday show, and we're missing the shiksa. Yeah, now it's only devoted to one holiday. <laughs> but we got eight days. 
Eight days. Well, there are 12 nights of Christmas, I understand. I don't really, never really, really twig to that. One night you get a partridge, one night you get an eight ball and a hooker. What, what is up with that? Yeah, I think, well, they had those calendars. Remember those calendars, <laughs> the advent calendars, and you open up the little doors on that giant. It's just another way to get people to spend fucking oh, money. Oh, oh, right, right. They're like little pieces of chocolate. It's kind of like mystery date. Yeah, yeah. Except, except Jesus you don't is know your, what you're going to get. Is Jesus your mystery date? Right. Like and I was, <laughs> yes. And I always imagine that you get some kind of horrible fortune, <laughs> you know, as you opened up each one that was like, you are doomed. <laughs> <laughs> I want chocolate Jesus to take me to the prom. No, chocolate Jesus isn't going to take you to your prom. Well, you love the holidays. I'm not. I'm not I such a holiday Christmas. guy. I'm a Christmasist. I'm a Christmassy person. <laughs> you're a Christmas. You're a Jew for you're Jesus Christ. I'm a Jew, Jew. for Christmas. Jew, I'm not Jew, a Jew for Jesus. I'm yeah. a Jew for Christmas. I'm a Jew for Jesus Christ superstar. Yeah, well, that's similar. <laughs> it's a similar kind of thing. My husband and I are currently locked in horrible fights about. Uh, the extent to which I can decorate for Christmas and what is too Christmassy and where the line is because he has a real chip on his shoulder about Christmas. Yeah. Um, being another Jew. <laughs> and he was like, what is this bullshit? I married a Jewish girl so I wouldn't have to fight about having a exactly. Christmas tree. Except he says it in a South African voice. So it's like, I'm married to Jewish girl so I wouldn't have to fight about this. We killed him 2,000 years ago. Enough already. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Easter. So, well, so that, that's, well, that's no, the Easter holiday. No, no, that's when he comes back. That's when he comes back. No, first he gets oh, no, 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 oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. See? Good see, Friday. Good that's Friday. the day he's You're, killed. See, I'm just outing myself as an For ignorant most people, the day Jew from the suburbs. Crucified is, is, is bad Friday. That would be a bad Friday, the day that you got <laughs> crucified. But everything is opposite in Christianity. <laughs> it's like Michael Jackson. When he says it's bad, he means it's good. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, Shmoan. So, so what kind, what kind of, what kind of uh, Christmas um, schmaltz and kitsch do you, do you actually put in your, your otherwise nice, lovely My Jewish nice household? Jewish home? Um, well, I think I've lobbied. I've lobbied for some sort of snowflake-themed decorations okay. this year, which nobody can say is denominational. It that's, snows on everybody. That's seasonal. Yeah, that's seasonal. I'm I'm also arguing that sort of pine garlands and pine cones and things like that are seasonal and seasonal. I, I'm almost there. Seasonal. 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 The Christmas tree is is just going to be a point of contention. Well, I the Christmas tree. Okay, now you're crossing over into some serious goyish territory. I know. I know. I just figure eventually we're going to have a kid and we're going to have to indoctrinate them with um, appropriate alienation and, <laughs> guilt yeah guilt and um, resentment against mainstream <laughs> culture so I feel like that's already in us so we can have a Christmas tree for like these last couple of years of freedom <laughs> without any fear that it's going to do anything to us that's good then you can um, poison your child's then mind then we can poison the, our child and force them the, to go to Hebrew school and synagogue when we don't go and tell them how none of this is for them <laughs> <laughs> oh man indicative of absolutely nothing that's tradition that's tradition indicative of absolutely nothing the best LSD I ever took out a snowflake on it oh, that's good <laughs> yeah. I had some with Tweety Bird they told me every trip was different <laughs> <laughs> every trip is exactly the same <laughs> I don't know about that you um you got a show coming up. You got a Hanukkah show coming up. I did. I wrote a Hanukkah show. I, I love that you, you wrote a Hanukkah show. Did I you wrote write, a Hanukkah show. How many Hanukkah shows have you written? Uh, this is this is my first explicitly Hanukkah show. I've been working on a Christmas show for some time, which is called Gore Vidal's A Christmas Carol. <laughs> In which Gore Vidal is the Scrooge character, and you know he's he's revisiting all these feuds and things with people from his past. Like Jacob Marley is William F. Buckley, and he's like, "In life, I was your. In life, I was your enemy, William Buckley." Like it's like that. Well, hopefully, like, it'll have a better outcome than Gore Vidal's Caligula. <laughs> <laughs> 
But you also even like twirling uh, Passover shows every year well, too. This is, yes, and this Hanukkah show is a follow up to Passover. So the Passover show is called Everything is Coming Up Moses. Everything's Coming Up Moses, <laughs> a very gypsy Passover, which is basically a retelling of the story of Passover through the plot and songs of Gypsy. This is eight days more, a very lame is Hanukkah. Which is the retelling of um, the story of Hanukkah through the music and plotline now, of the now, now, for people who don't, for people who don't understand Hanukkah, namely Judy McGuire. <laughs> Hi, Judy. I hope you're listening. We're going to explain Hanukkah for you now. Well, I actually had to do a lot of research, um, and by, by research, I meant to this. I mean, I went to the Strand, <laughs> and I found a book from 1973 that Jewish Family Service put out to explain Hanukkah to people. It's like it was one of those like dusty books that's like in the synagogue library mm-hmm. that no one has taken off the shelf ever since it was placed there. And I found it for like in the 99 cent bin. So I had to refresh because the story of Hanukkah is very sort of vague. And um, basically it was a rebellion. So... After, well, well, there's a war, There's right? a war. The fucking Jews are always at war, right? Yeah, yeah. No, this it's one, never our fault, though, But this one say. we won, so that's I why know. it's a happy one. So <laughs> it's one of the few. So they... Um, so, so Judah Maccabee. So, okay. So, so the the Syrian Greeks or Greeks or Assyrian Greeks, depending on which picture book you had as a child <laughs> as to who the oppressors were, they were as usual trying to get the Jews to assimilate into sort of Greek culture by forcing them to do horrible, horrible things like eat Suvlaki. bacon and. <laughs> Participate in sport, sports and yeah. other games and go to the theater. <laughs> well, Jews are okay with the theater. It's, it's, the, it's the sports. Well, they weren't then. The, the sports, bacon. the naked sports is a pederasty is a problem. Oh, oh and, no. they, and they banned circumcision, which is obviously was a big oh, no-no. Oh, no. So, so Judah Maccabee led this armed rebellion against the powers that be to reinstate circumcision. Circumcision. You must clip our cocks. They were sort of the Taliban of the day. <laughs> My favorite thing about them that I read, and this is sort of a forgotten, that before they started all-out war, they were he and his brothers, his his four brothers, the Maccabee brothers, and his father Mattathias, who was this like renegade high priest who killed somebody. He killed a Jew that was sacrificing to Zeus because the idea was that they were going to acclimate God into Zeus, and it would all be sort of you know grafted together the way that Christianity did, you know, where all the like saints sort of replaced idols and things like that, and it really this isn't is, exactly monotheism. This is a very good book that you got. <laughs> yeah, well, I, it wasn't that good. I, I've I've extrapolated some things, um, but my favorite thing is that they formed that they were like living in the mountains like in this rebel camp and in in the dark of night they would sneak down into the villages below the hills and forcibly circumcise people oh, man. <laughs> why not circumcise <laughs> that was the thing and it was like they were you know they were saving you or whatever so eventually they started this armed insurrection and they won, and that's like the miracle. And then they went back to the temple to reconsecrate well, the temple. Well, the oil is the miracle. The oil, that's, that's, yeah. I, mean, I like. Of course, you want to focus on the forced circumcision. Yeah, well, that's that has got more comedy value. I, think, <laughs> in the, in I the, know. They're like, oh god, I gotta get some oil. I'm I gotta for go. the drama. It's like people want to start fights on reality television. It's not fun to watch everyone get along. I, you know? I gotta keep a lamp lit for eight days. Yeah, right. it does not have the dramatic impact of. Uh, right. So they get exactly uh, so they of, get of, the, of the militant moils, right? <laughs> I know it sounds like propaganda from San Francisco. <laughs> it's like anti-circumcision campaign that they're doing. But the evil rabbis, yeah, well, come you know, to steal your children's foreskins you, you, in the night. You know, they say it's a terrible job. The, it doesn't pay much, and the tips are small. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's fine. Well, as a, as a, as a, as a I've Jewish I've never heard man, anyone say that they missed their foreskin. <laughs> um, no, no. But, but, um, um, but as, a, as a Jewish man, I do fear the uncircumcised penis. <laughs> you shouldn't. They're horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. They smell weird. 
I've heard that. I mean, I haven't seen that many, but because I've, I've heard, I've heard that. Yeah, I think that they're they look kind of scared. I don't know, they're weird. But the um, there's like this little puckery thing that guess it looks like a tiny, tiny hemorrhoid cushion, like uh, right on the tip of the thing, like a, hem- <laughs> a hemorrhoid cushion for a dollhouse. It's oh. <laughs> really pretty terrible, but um. But so, yeah, so then they went to the temple, they were reconsecrating the temple, and there was only enough oil to light the, you know, the eternal light that was the lamp for one day, and it was going to take eight days to get more oil, right. and the miracle was that it lasted for eight right. days, so so God was not rebuffed by having to, you know, right, sort of because, understand right. <laughs> they I'm, I'm, only I'm, had enough. I'm <laughs> like when I forget to pay my Con Ed bill, and boom. Yeah. Oh, I think that we've got someone boom, on the phone. It's off. Do we really have someone on the phone? I don't know. Yes, we do. We do. Oh, Hi, oh wait, Judy. that voice. I know that voice. I'm sticking up for the unclipped dicks over here. <laughs> well, it's everybody's favorite chick. So Judy McGuire calling in from Parts Unknown. What's going on, Judy? Well, I had to I you know, I live with an unclipped dick. And <laughs> oh. They, oh, you outing your Greek. <laughs> he wrote a whole story about it, so it's out. I had a friend that I found out he was uncircumcised, and I really had genuinely never known anyone that wasn't that was American. And I was like, and I kept going around at a party somewhere, like, oh my God, did you know that? I'm not going to say his name because he'll get mad again. But so his, I'll give him a pseudonym. Ken, did you hear that Ken isn't circumcised? And he got really angry at me. <laughs> well, my boyfriend was born in Greece. So. Oh, well, that makes that sense. That must have been very sticky. <laughs> hey, do we think Salman Rushdie is circumcised? How's that for a segue? Yeah, yeah because Muslims are circumcised. Uh, okay, because, yeah. yeah, how's that for a segue, though? Because he wanted to talk about, um, he's, he's all over the paper today and this week for um, oh, di- yes. dining with that dimwit reality star. Judy, he's, you're, a, he's just a coos hound with no taste. Yeah, Judy, That's exactly what he is. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, right? Right? He is a Although coos hound. was beautiful. Padma Lakshmi was beautiful, but let's she's be still, serious. She still is, I believe, at last. She, yeah. she, she is a bimbo. I mean, she, yeah. <laughs> she's a little bit of a bimbo. She's like the thinking man's bimbo. Well, who do you suggest you go out with? Madeline Albright? No. <laughs> I suggest you go out with someone who could read a book without pictures. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Padma at least had, she could do that, probably. And I'm not yeah. convinced that this Devorah Rose woman is she stupid. Is, she I mean, is awful. She's, you know, she's awful, but she's not she necessarily is, stupid. She, she is awful. And the thing that surprises me about this story is... Uh, She's um, humiliated. I mean, they went out to dinner a couple times, and yeah. then she didn't put out, and then he sort of said, okay, so let's not go out to dinner anymore. I mean, frankly, this happens in my life all the time, you know? Uh, um, so what's the big deal? <laughs> I can't believe she didn't put out. I know. I mean, I mean seriously, if I had a fatwa I mean, put out on me... who doesn't want to fuck Salman Rushdie? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, man, I'm looking at a, this picture of her. She just looks like, 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 like the worst sort of harridan, and apparently she's the editor of something called Social Life Magazine. Magazine? That doesn't even exist. That's like some insert they put in your groceries in the Hamptons. It is. It's like, yeah. like, a, it's like a penny saver for like Yeah, it's like at Cinderella in East Hampton. They're like, here, this comes free with your romaine. Yeah, I saw her on the yeah. Housewives show. Yes, she's on the Housewives show. She's awful. I know. She makes the Housewives look sort of like classy doyens of society, which is pretty amazing. But I want to thank you guys for filling me in on the Hanukkah thing. I had no idea about the forced circumcision. It really puts a new spin on it. Yes, and actually it's because of that that I am. Um, so, so one of the characters in my Hanukkah show is Mel Gibson because um, it turns out that 
I read this that Mel Gibson is actually has in development a biopic of Judah Maccabee. Warner <laughs> <laughs> Brothers. Of all people, <laughs> Mel Gibson is well, Mel you, Gibson you, you is can, making a movie about a war the Jews started. <laughs> well, you can trust him to tell that story straight. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I, it's in good hands. <laughs> but he's a character in it, and um, and I read this interview that he did with with Jeff Goldberg at the Atlantic, where because. Jeff is working on some Maccabee book, I guess, and they just talked the whole time about forced circumcision and blah, blah, blah. And Mel Gibson said, look, I'm circumcised. What the fuck? Who cares? Who cares? He doesn't talk like that. After he drinks, he does. Yeah, but we now know that Mel Gibson is circumcised. So that's, well, that's, that's good. Important. You heard it right here on the uh, the Mike and Rachel show. Yeah, so oh. any, any Jewish girls looking to hit that, no fear. <laughs> Oi, so really, Judy, what the hell's wrong with you? What's going on? I just have the same crappy cold that everyone has. I had it two weeks ago. I sympathize. Rachel, Rachel was telling me that she had to, that um, some weird tuberculosis test. Yeah, because I was coughing up blood. Have you coughed up blood? Oh, God, not yet, but I guess I have something to look forward to. Well, I just really freaked out because, you know, they say that's a really... So I went to the doctor and they, they gave me that punch in the arm. You know, those like little... Uh-huh. The, and they did not draw a kitten face around it like they used to in my childhood. And then you like watch it for three days, and if the bumps raise or whatever, then you have tuberculosis. But I didn't. I just was coughing so hard that the capillaries in my throat had burst. I, I, I worry that this is bioterrorism. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Give everyone a really terrible cold. All right, I'll tell you what. Let's take let's take a quick break. I picked uh, out a really nice dreidel song for you kids. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I know, but but uh, we have something just for you today, Judy. All right, we're back here on the Mike and Judy Show today, starring our very special guest co-host, Miss Rachel Shukart. And we're just joined right now by our friend Jason Colucci, who does the show right after ours, called The Morning After. What's up, Jason? Thank you for inviting me in. This is great. Hi, Are you Jason. kidding? This is kind of awesome. So we're talking about uh, forced circumcision and, and holidays. Well, no, it's, I'm really, I really connected. I appreciate you guys inviting me for the second, because this is actually, I'm going to give you guys an exclusive. My last name is actually Rosenstein. Oh, and, oh uh, I thought. I thought we were trying to water down the, the Jew content here. Such a Jewy palooza uh, without our favorite chicks. I don't know if two oh. Jews is exactly a Jew palooza. With in us, New York it is. City. With, mean, with us, it is, Rachel. For most people, it's just like dinner. <laughs> no, no, no. I kid. I, I kid. Oh. Uh oh. Okay. Uh, the alarm went off. Well, no, I, I actually it is Jason Kluge, but my J date name is Bagel Boy One Hundred One. Thank you for inviting me. I I, uh, I I listened to the show, and also I have read your book, and we we met at a show that Mike was co-hosting uh, for Patrick Martin's before 
the Mike and Judy show happened. Yes, which was very, very uh, that's fun. Good. Which, which books? Remind us of which fantastic books you've written. Um, I think Jason is referring to my latest book called Everything is Going to be Great. Yes. Yes. Which is awesome. And your first book? My first book was called Have You No Shame. And it's much Jewier than the second the, book. The first, I, I, I agree. With I like yeah. the first book for its Jewiness. Jewy. It, it's soft Jewy center. Soft Jewy center. <laughs> <laughs> You're working on a new book, of course, right? Cause you... I am. I'm working on a couple of things. I'm working on, um, I'm working on a, a young adult series, which... Um, um, we're also developing for television, which is set in 1930s Hollywood. Uh, any, any, forced, any forced circumcision? There are no forced circumcisions, but there are a lot of other sort of forced, forced <laughs> unpleasant rituals. <laughs> <laughs> little fatty Arbuckle for the fatty uh, yeah. Arbuckle school of dating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The fatty Arbuckle. And then, um, and then I'm working on another adult novel that um, I... I'm not ready to talk about too much, but it's so, coming along. So, Jason, are you a fan of the holidays? We're like, I'm, I'm, me, I'm not too into this whole time. I mean, traditionally, it's kind of sort of a weird time. My dysfunctional family and whatever. Oh, sort of, yeah. I still have a hangover from my youth of just sort of, uh, you know, nobody really being around. And yeah, it was never yeah. really, really, really a good time. And my parents fighting and, you know, yeah. this sort of thing. And it's sort of, it's sort of that hangover is sort of still lasting into my, uh, my middle age, into my dotage. But now Rachel loves. Christmas and Hanukkah and Judy and uh, Judy if you're uh, still tuned in call back um, says I asked her why does she like Christmas she goes because it's shiny it is shiny <laughs> yes. yeah well that may, that may just be her autism speaking of course <laughs> I, I remember my just, actually it's nice to actually be on the show because I can talk a little bit more, more bluntly about my partying days but probably more, some of my biggest partying was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving um, and also probably Christmas Eve being in the yeah. restaurant industry those seems to be the whitest Christmases and yeah. Thanksgiving's like probably oh yeah no, I like that. I like the parties. I like what I like about Christmas is I feel like everyone is sort of celebrating, making it through another year alive. Yeah, and we all reward ourselves by eating all kinds of terrible things and drinking heavily and giving gifts that no one needs, which I love. I love receiving gifts that I don't want that I didn't ask for. <laughs> and I like forcing those things on other people. I just I don't know. I'm, a fe- I'm I like festivity, you know, and I like that there's this. Um, there's sort of a way to be festive, you know. Well, like everything has you to be seem, in these I colors. feel like you really get into it. I could just just by looking at you, you're always well dressed. <laughs> you 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 really love to accentuate your ring when you talk. I feel like your house is perfectly wherever you go. It's it's just very. You're like the Christmas. Jewish Donna yeah, Reed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is delightful, but possibly in the most inaccurate. Thing you have the you have the. <laughs> That dichotomy of two sides where there's something that yeah, we hear about on the radio and there's something that happens at home. Well, I'm just, I have a very waspy side. I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just always, always shocked and appalled. I mean, the whole, you know, the Black Friday thing and now people are pepper spraying each other and people get killed and trampled on yeah. at Walmart. And it's Frank, like a pagan ritual. It's, it, it's it, like the true American spirit, it, it's, you know? It's insanity and... Um, also, I don't like Christmas music, which is kind of a real bummer around Christmas time. I figured if it was that good, we listen to it all year round, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and there's always Here's somebody that we don't. <laughs> and you guys know a lot about these markets, but there's always a, a Christmas album being put out. I mean, yeah. do these things still make money? I mean, because they're yeah. they, they're still produced. I'm assuming. It yeah. seems like it's a big thing in the UK. Like every year, there's some comedian who puts out some sort of comedy Christmas single, where they're <laughs> like that, and people seem to buy them there. I feel like they have a lot. I don't know. Maybe they're less savvy. I was walking by the bookstore and I saw I made made a comment you guys probably will love this it's like that idiot Michael Buble wrote a book like what the what the <laughs> hell is that guy talking about and it looked pretty thick like you know so it, it's that the, the two things that play hand in hand how do you guys feel about that whole that whole other market of the, the, the summer like Christmas market. Yeah, seriously. I'm fine with it. Yeah, if I could make, if I could figure out a way to I feel monetize that way about it. everything. <laughs> I even, I even made my peace with sort of 
like the whole. Well, that's what being Jewish is. It's about monetizing Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like. Um, yeah, that I don't. I don't mind that. You know, there's always sort of Christmas tat that everybody buys, and we buy into it as a culture. And but the the whole Christmas book market is 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 certainly interesting to me because I feel like there's this whole. It's almost like the wedding industry. Like there's this. It's this whole thing that mobilizes only sort of relevant well, for this very short period. But it's perennial. You can I mean you can set your watch by yeah. it. I mean, obviously, you set your calendar by yeah, yeah. it. Um, I did. I mean, I did a Christmas song. Uh, it's called "I Walk with a Zombie." It's a version of the. It's my pro methamphetamine Christmas song. It's obviously a white Christmas song, and um, you can find it on my website, mikeedison.com, for anyone who wants to hear it. But the reason, honestly, I made it, decided to make it a Christmas song is so I could pull it out every year and play it again. <laughs> I just think at I this mean, point, it was a very cynical marketing strategy. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And I think at this point, if there's any way for creative industries to have like a foolproof way to make money once a year, I'm totally for it. Well, you're in the restaurant business. I mean, this is a good time of year for you guys. It, it is. It's it's it spikes. It's unpredictable in the sense that you never know in sort of the the, the New York City tourism uh, what's going to happen. And there's no there's a sense that you can figure out what days will be big, but sometimes in, in tourism stuff, you can't put your number ex- uh, your your hand exactly on what number the numbers are going to be. But it definitely you know it helps out. And the week after. Christmas is probably one of the biggest weeks uh, for restaurants. Yeah, the, yeah. Week, the week between Christmas and New yeah. Year's. Yeah, because everyone's huge, on vacation and Huge week. Yeah. But, you know, it's, that, that's a good week. I hate New Year's Eve, too. I cannot stand oh, fucking I hate New Year's Eve. I mean, it's, it's, it's amateur night. We all know that. But yeah. I really, my dream New Year's Eve is like to send out for a pizza, get a six-pack, and watch the Twilight Zone marathon. Out of, I just always try to be out give, of give town. Me, give me a handful of volume on top of that, and I'm a one happy New Year's Eve camper. Yeah. I like to be somewhere sort of quiet as possible, like, just it's never, away. it's never any good, you know. New Year's Eve, mm. all those years I went to parties, you know, in my twenties, you know, getting drunk and expecting to get laid. Well, that never happened. <laughs> you, know, you know, wake up exactly. feeling like shit alone. Spend four hundred bucks, and, yeah, yeah. and it's just always, 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 always a bummer. Well, there is that insanely inflated New York New Year's Eve price. It, again, it's like when you get married and you're like, I need you to do my hair, and then you say it's for your wedding, and they're, and they're like, Okay, that'll be two hundred dollars. Then you're like, Oh, well, it's for my wedding, so I'll bring my veil, and they're like, Oh, it's for your wedding, that's eight hundred dollars. For your, for, 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 your, for your Jewish New wedding? Yeah. Yeah. It's $1,200. <laughs> like, no, no, yeah. There's like a New Year's Eve tax, too, yeah, in yeah. restaurants where like all of a sudden bouncers and DJs rates double for whatever right, reason. Apparently, exactly. you know, it's like, oh, oh, New Year's Eve. Oh, $400. Man, I just want to stay off the fucking street on New Year's Eve. Yeah. To me, it's like Valentine's Day, but like for everybody that it's sort of designed to make you feel bad if you don't have something fabulous to do, <laughs> you know, and it's just a way of gouging insecure people. <laughs> it's, it's all designed to make our yeah. people feel bad, Rachel. How do you guys, our people. <laughs> can I turn the table one second? Because I feel like it's your show, but no one asks you this question. How do you guys like to- book touring and stuff? Because you guys do that a lot, especially... I love my last tour. I've been having the best oh, time yeah. of all time. I've been, uh, for those of you uh, who've been tuning in, or those of you coming in naked, I've been touring my new book, Dirty, yeah. Dirty, Dirty, um, which is a pop culture history of men's magazines, sort of from Hugh Hefner and Bob Guccione and Larry Flint and Al Goldstein. And I've been, uh, I've been in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Detroit, Chicago. You know I had a pizza named after me in Chicago? What's on it? It was, it was the Mike Edison Dirty Pie. This is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> Would you like come on it since, before since, you put it out? <laughs> since my forced circumcision, and it occurs to me, Rachel, aren't all circumcisions forced? Yeah, and uh, don't all pizzas probably have semen on them by the time oh, they God, get to This is probably door. not the best way to sell a book, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, to me, I like the tour, but I got this sort of crazy kind of DIY punk rock way of touring, and I bring a band with me, uh, or a piano player at least, and um, you know, my theremin rig, I got his jazz band in San Francisco, um, 
I had our friend Howie Pyro played with me in Los Angeles, who uh, played with Degeneration, was in Danzig's band. And so I, I make a big fucking racket when I go out and tour, and it turns into kind of a, a happening. I understand yeah. other authors just bring copies of their books I'm and read quieter, from them. I'm a quieter tour. You are. That's that other side of you. That's yeah, that other side. I, I have to say, though, what I do like about being on tour is that I really like going to cities that I would otherwise probably never. Yeah, get but the difference to. between you. And, and me, Rachel, you're naturally charming. <laughs> I need all this, like, the artifice of, like, like amplifiers and a rock band no. to put it over. <laughs> you're adorable. But, Rachel, Aww. are you being optioned at all for that book? Because I, I was re- when I was reading it, I was thinking Winona Ryder the whole time. Oh, yeah. well, that's nice. Um, I is actually, she the thief? Is that the word? Yeah, the, she's yeah, the one that yeah. stole the thief. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm working, at, I'm working with Flower Films in L.A., which is Drew Barrymore's Drew production Barrymore's company. Um, we're developing it for a TV Awesome. So, Boy, such an amazing bunch of talented kids we have on this show. You know. uh, I mean, well, first of all, thank you for letting me on. It was funny because, Mike, when, we, when I first got the show, we were talking about having a station fight, and then actually a station fight almost happened. And we're not going to mention we're not going to mention who the person is. We're not going to give any extra publicity, but there was somebody that was working with that. I want you to that, tell me who it is after. Well... Well, we'll talk about it after, but we, okay. I, I, I pitched to Mike. I said, hey, let's have a station fight just to make uh, things interesting. Uh, in the beginning, the first day I met him, like when I had the show. Yeah, it was not That's a fight you were ever going to win, pal. No, no, but the thing was, well, the thing was, somebody had to be the bad guy, and I was like, who cares? I yeah, don't care. Yeah, I'll be I, I work heel. I always work heel. So we kind of went back and forth, but the, the irony of it, there was actually a fight, and there was somebody that was part of the show that wasn't... That Dude, was, that guy was such a tool. Yeah. I, I agree 100%. I agree 100%. I'll go this on a, this record. Is a, this is a killer business, this radio business, especially here the Cutthroat Heritage Radio Network. <laughs> I, know, I like the idea of radio feuds. You know, like it would be hilarious to find out that like Ira Glass and David Sedaris are bitter enemies in <laughs> each other's lives. Yeah, I'd like to see like David Remick in a fair fist fight. <laughs> he can't fight in a fair fist fight. <laughs> so you're married, right, Rachel? I mean, obviously. I am married, married, yes. And how long? This is. I, I've been married for uh, five and a half years. And when did you first meet Mike? What was that? Because I don't know if you guys spoke about that at all. I just oh, to Jason's taking over the show. You're I'm not taking. I'm not. No, 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 no. I th- no. It's he's, he's the. In- oh, shut up. It's it's the, it's the, uh, it's the intrepid Colucci who, who who lurks on on uh, J date as a Jew. <laughs> we met three or four years ago, right? Yeah, we did a gig together. Yeah, we did a gig together. We, we, did, we did a gig we together, off, and it was uh, it was just one of those magic moments in the history of literature. Mm-hmm. It was you know it was like it was like it was like, it was like when, when Dickens wrote I was born. <laughs> yeah, it was like that. You know, call call me. The choir of angels sing. <laughs> yeah. Both are literary death thing owners. We are both, we are both champions. champions. We are both literary death match champions. champions. We should. I, you know, we should start, we should wearing, start our wearing our medals. Start wearing our medals when we're together. Yeah, yeah and only when we're together. <laughs> like <laughs> the U.S. swim team. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Put on that thing. I feel like Mark fucking spits on the box. There was of no way I was gonna fucking. No, lose no that way thing. was I dropping I done that. anything. anything. <laughs> no way. I would have jerked off on a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Not my pizza, pal. <laughs> No, but no, you didn't say what actually is on your pizza. Oh, so oh, it's yeah. it's it's a gumbo based pie. It's a oh, dewy wow. sausage, uh, green pepper, shrimp, okra. Um, it was made by our friends at uh, Ian's uh, Ian's Pizza in Wrigleyville, in Chicago. And uh, shout out to my friend uh, Natalie from BaconDestroy.net who put this together. And the great thing about the tour is we set up. I had my piano player, the world's greatest piano player, Mickey Finn, with me, and we'd set up in the pizzeria and do the show, which gets blue very very fast. And I, I work. Yeah. I, I work. You only blue. work blue. You only work. You know, blue. and you know once the you know, the cock sucking begins. You have half the restaurant who's there to see my show, <laughs> loving it, and then you have all these other people there, like, you know, what the fuck is going on? And 
typical of like you know the Mike Edison book tour, the dirty, dirty, dirty tours, Pizzeria one night at the University of Chicago, you know, in, in yeah, their well, in their best lecture all the, the night. It's high low, you know, and then it was a dive bar, They're potent high low. And then last week I was at the New York Public Library. It's That's it's, very it's like that. And uh, this what did you wear to that? Did you wear your fez or did you wear? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, never mind, never mind what I wore. But the best part of it, Rachel, you love is when you talk at the New York Public Library an afternoon lecture. You know who goes to those things? Old yeah. Jewish guys, yeah, yeah. You know, and ladies guys, and women. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was a lot of like like Jews trying to get something for yeah. free at the New York Public Library on a Tuesday afternoon. There's a Mets game on and somewhere. They got to go see. Anytime <laughs> there's something in the afternoon like that, though, it's just a lot of sort of people there trying. To, I mean, you're, you're, it's it's the way that soap operas is like the unemployed and the house. You know, you get a very particular audience. My favorite thing like that. I remember being on a panel. Um, years and years ago, before I'd ever written books, I was very, very young. I, you know, I was maybe 23, 24, like just very beginning my career. And I'd written a it's piece. like last that, week. No. <laughs> but I was, I had written a piece for Nerve that was in this anthology that it was a party. So I was on this panel that I was, it was like me, Douglas Rushkoff and Jay McInerney. And like, it was ridiculous. And I was terrified. And I was, you know, we were at the borders in Time Warner Center, the late lamented borders. And the whole audience was basically homeless people. And we were sort of, and they were giving out these little, because it was, the book had been sponsored by Svedka, so giving out these little promotional shots of like cocktail and things to people while we were sort of asking questions. And we were sort of talking about our pieces. And I was sort of, and then finally, you know, they opened it up to questions and they call on this woman who's sitting there like surrounded by her possessions in garbage bags with like three or four <laughs> empty like little shot glasses and she's like, yeah, I got a question. Well, you <laughs> and know they're what? like, okay, and she goes, why can't borders ever give us anything good to listen to? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing. Uh, you know, you move, you move her like, you know, a few blocks uptown to moment, it's called an installation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. I cannot believe it. that this, this show, once again, the fastest 30 minutes in uh, really internet super history. It we didn't even get to talk by, about the Muppets. Uh, we didn't talk uh, about the, the 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 Muppet uh, the new Muppet next movie time. except that Rachel and I both cried. Well, if you guys are both around next week, I'd like to open an invitation to both of you guys to come oh. on the morning after. Oh man, you Whoa. see, this is good. We're networking now, yeah. uh, <laughs> Rachel. Before we go, tell us about your show and where we can see it. Oh, okay. So my show, Eight Days More, A Very Lame Miserable Hanukkah, is at the 92nd Street Y Tribeca on December 15th at 7:30 p.m. Tickets Cannot. are on sale on the 92nd Street Y Tribeca website. Cannot wait. Yes. Uh, and it's it, you're gonna love it. All right, and uh, thanks uh, to Jason uh, Thank Gucci of the morning after. Stay tuned; his show's thanks coming so. on right after ours. And of course, Judy McGuire, uh, we miss you like crazy. You are our favorite, and you, you picked are out better, a you, Judy. yeah, and you picked out a special Christmas song for I us did. today, didn't you? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I and, my favorite Christmas. And uh, song. thanks to Carlos uh, sitting in for Jack today, back there twirling the knobs. Uh, Carlos, why don't you give us some of that Christmas music, and we'll see you guys next week. Oh, a lot for Christmas. Come!